Well, it's Christmas almost. They, uh, wasn't that exciting? Uh, there's a lot of uh, just joy in in the kids, in the kids. Um, you know, it's Christmas and the lights are bright. They're blinking. Trees have been decorated and are up, and everything's kind of geared toward Christmas. I mean, there are, there are Christmas presents, Christmas parties, Christmas parades. There's Christmas music. Christmas movies, you know, Christmas menus. Fact is, the many of you have got your Christmas cards out. You're baking Christmas cookies, Christmas candy. There's even, and I'm excited, uh, a Christmas coffee. Starbucks it has a Christmas blend that gets delivered this time of the year. So, commercials, the ads, they're uh, all have a bent toward Christmas, and uh, if. If you're brave enough, I mean, how many of you have been over to one of the malls, St. Louis, Edwardsville? Yeah, I mean, they, they've been transformed, and visually, it is a winter wonderland. Crowds are bigger, lines are longer, people are carrying uh, more sacks and packages, and they're kind of shopping with some intensity out there. And there's something I've noticed this year, there are a lot of ugly Christmas sweaters, yeah, and honestly, some of them are so bad that I think, uh, is it a prank or are they being punished, you know? And uh, don't come up afterwards and go, are you talking about this? Because if you have to ask, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's Christmas. You can't miss it. In fact, many of you are counting the days down to Christmas. In other words, we're not going to wake up December 25th and go, It's Christmas? Yeah, I had no idea. I didn't, didn't see it coming. Making room. We talked about this last week. It isn't about making the external preparations. It's not about all the Christmas festivities. But making room is about making room for Jesus this Christmas. Making room for the Savior, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And I believe it is really easy to get so busy doing Christmas that we forget to make room for our Savior. I love the uh, story, the annual uh, nativity play is going, everything's going pretty good. And then there's the scene where Mary and Joseph, they knock on the door of the inn. And Joseph asks the innkeeper, he says, can you give us some lodging for the night? And the little boy that's playing the innkeeper kind of got lost in, in the role, imagine that. And uh, he flings the door open and goes, sure, come on in, you know. And so the boy that's playing Joseph realizes they're in trouble, and so he's trying to save the, the play. And so he walks in, he looks around, he shakes his head, and he goes, we're not staying here. This place is a dump. He says, come on, Mary, we'll stay in the stable. You know, it's like. <laughs> Today I want to look at that part of the Christmas story. Because there is a lot of speculation around the innkeeper in the inn. And the fact is, the innkeeper may have or may not have made room for Jesus. Don't really know. Little little trivia, see see how you are with your Bible skills. What was the name of the innkeeper? Would it be would it surprise you 
if I said that the Bible doesn't even mention an innkeeper? The only reference in Scripture is right here, Luke 2, 7. says, And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloth, laid him in the manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. When I read this story, I, I think, okay, there wasn't any room for him in the inn. How did they find that out? I mean, did the innkeeper tell him there was no room? Maybe the innkeeper wasn't on duty that day. Maybe he was so absorbed in work that he just didn't answer the door. We do not know. We do. The only thing we know from history was that people were traveling this time of the year, that the hotel business was, was booming. People were traveling, going places. And a hotel back then, more like a bed and breakfast. You might put a couple people up in, in the hotel. But I'm going to guess people were making some serious money during this time because we know that Caesar had called for a census. And it required everybody to return to their town of birth or their ancestral town, which meant that there were thousands of people rolling into this little tiny village called Bethlehem. That's why Mary and Joseph are in town. All we know from the story is that there was no room in the inn for them. I mean, maybe, maybe the innkeeper had put up a no vacancy sign. Maybe he refused to answer the door. Maybe he was in Jerusalem fighting the crowds at Jmart or something, you know, buying gifts for Hanukkah. Maybe he was apologetic. Maybe he was kind of cavalier and uncaring. Maybe he refused to make room. All we know from Scripture is there was not room in the inn for them. I remember uh, going on vacation. We were driving, driving home uh, from vacation, and uh, our girls, they were young then. This is, this is before cell phones. Yes, there was a day and age when there weren't cell phones, young ones. But we were driving. We'd been driving all day. We, we stopped to get gas, and we were just south of Atlanta. And Cindy said, should we call and get reservations? And I said, no, it'll be fine. About an hour uh, south of Chattanooga, it was about midnight at this point, everybody's tired. And so I saw a few hotels off the highway. We pulled off to get a room in the first hotel, there's a flashing no vacancy sign. Second hotel, same thing. All the hotels at that exit, no vacancy. Pulled off at the next exit, same thing. Several exits later, I finally I went into one of the hotels, rang the bell at the desk, and this guy came out. He was not happy. And he, he points at the sign. He goes, no rooms. And I'm like... Yeah, I understand that. What's going on? You know, and uh, the fact is, I went back out to the car, and um, let's just say it was getting tense. I'll just leave it at that, okay? 
everything uh, at that point it just kind of went downhill from there. We, we hit a point where we would have taken any room at just about any price. Found out there was a national softball tournament. No hotels, about a 60-mile radius. Uh, that's why I don't like softball. Uh, <laughs> three hours later, <laughs> just outside of uh, Nashville, we, uh, we finally got a room. And um, the hotel that we stayed in, dirty, dirty, dirty. I mean, it smelled awful. It was so dirty that we unpacked our beach towels, laid them on the bed, slept in our clothes that night. And so anytime I think about no vacancy, that's where my mind goes. I mean, it was frustrating. It was aggravating. It was 20 years ago. And if you were to talk to Cindy, it was my fault. No room. No room. Friends, I often think that, especially this time of the year, that God's a little bit frustrated. He's trying to be part of our lives. And there's no room. There's no space. There's no time. We get so busy doing Christmas... You know, sending out the cards, assembling the trees, stringing the lights, hanging the ornaments, checking your lists and checking them twice, you know, buying presents, wrapping the presents, attending parties, baking cookies, preparing dinners. And we get so busy doing Christmas that we might as well hang a sign out. No vacancy. I mean, we're making room for everything but we're not making room for God. How many of you think that the innkeeper, if he could have seen the future, how many of you think that he would have made room for Mary and Joseph in the end? I mean, maybe ask somebody to leave in order to make room for them? When I read this story, I think it's really easy to kind of take a shot at this guy. This is wrong. Does does this guy have a heart? I mean, if, if he did, surely he'd find a way to make room for them. But I think the same thing could be said about our lives. You know, I wonder what needs to go to make room for Jesus in your life this Christmas. You know, I was thinking about the story of how things kind of unfold or could have unfolded. And and the thing that strikes me in this is, why aren't Mary and Joseph staying with family? This is hometown. The, The fact that they're trying to get a room is a little bit puzzling to me. I mean, why didn't family make room for them? Well, maybe uh, there was a little bit of tension. You know, maybe, maybe they had heard the rumors. And when they saw them, they knew the rumors were true. I mean, maybe they'd even heard Mary's account about what had happened. Did you hear her ridiculous story? They're telling people, 
we all know how kids were conceived. What, does she think we're going to buy that? I mean, maybe the family was indignant. Maybe they were humiliated by the perceived situation. Maybe they feared being shunned by the community. Maybe, maybe their family made it clear to them there was no room for them. And if that's how it came about, I wonder if some of the family regretted not making room for them. I mean, when Jesus started teaching, performing miracles, when people started speculating that he was sent by God, that he might be the Messiah. See, I am pretty sure that that would have crossed their mind more than once. Maybe they were telling the truth. Can't believe we didn't let them stay here. I mean, surely some of the family would have regretted not making room for them that night. Not making room for the possibility of what God was doing. Not making room for for grace. Not making room for extending forgiveness. No room. No room. wonder how many uncomfortable conversations that ensued in their lifetime. You're related to Jesus? Yeah? Did Mary and Joseph stay with you when he was born? No, um, they stayed at the local stable, right outside the inn. Oh, hmm. Friends, missed that first Christmas. I wonder how many regretted that fact if they would have only made room. Friends, sometimes we let little stuff just mess up our Christmases. Let little things crowd God out this time of the year. And I'm going to share a few, and they're going to sound funny when I say them, but, but they're real. I mean, some Christmases are going to get undone because you're not able to get the ham that you wanted this year. Not able to, some of the family can't come in, and so all the plans get kind of twisted. Preparations don't go well. It's not the Courier Knives Christmas that you had planned. In fact, turn to your neighbor and just say, you're not Martha Stewart. Go ahead. Some of you had fun doing that, didn't you? (laughs) Friends, you're not Martha Stewart suddenly at Christmas. You need to make room for the fact. Here's, here's, take this home with you today. Everything is not going to go the way that you planned. Lights are going to burn out. Ornaments will get broken. You may not find that perfect gift. And I can almost guarantee you, you will not get the perfect gift. In fact, some of you will get those ugly sweaters that I was talking about earlier. There's not going to be a perfect dinner. Pies get burned. 
stuffing's dry. And even if you were able to pull off the perfect dinner, someone will be late. Someone will be sick. Someone will say something that they shouldn't. Someone won't make it. Someone you wish wouldn't be there will show up. Some of you are thinking it. I just said it, okay? And I know... Right now, some of you are going, Damon, that's, that's just silly stuff. Really? I mean, how many of those things create tension? How many of those things have stolen a few moments of peace? How many of those things have created relational conflicts? Have caused hurt feelings? They're all minor things. But at the time, things seemed pretty serious. Just wasn't what you planned. And then there's major stuff. I mean, you you can just miss the whole thing. But I believe the major things give you perspective on the minor things in life. For some of you, this has been a tough year. It's been a tough year financially. You know, there's stress and strain may have lost your job. Maybe you've lost your home. Maybe dealing with serious illness in your life. Maybe your relationship went south and this is the first Christmas alone. Some of you have lost loved ones. And to be honest, you're not sure how you're going to get through this Christmas. Just not sure. And some of you, it will keep you from experiencing your Savior. Why? Because it's not making room. Maybe you're disappointed in a situation. Maybe your life hasn't turned out the way that you planned. Some of you are dealing with a lot of hurt and bitterness and anger. Some of you, there's a lot of family tension. And here's my challenge to you. You know, don't miss this Christmas. Don't miss it. Don't don't miss it. Make room for God. You have to just make a conscious effort to say, you know what? I'm going to make time for God. I'm going to make room for the possibility that God is working in my life in this situation. Some of you need to make room for extending grace and forgiveness. But it's all about making room for God. Making room for God. Setting aside some time, just you and God, talking to to God, letting God speak to you. And friends, when you take that time, God will always show up. He'll surprise you. I've shared this before, but... um, Many years ago when my grandma, she died and we were really close. And I remember I did her funeral on Christmas Eve and Christmas Eve morning. And um, that evening I had six uh, Christmas Eve services that I was leading. And um, I remember rolling in for the first one. And my mindset was this. 
I'm just going to get through this. It wasn't until the last service that I, I kind of took a breath and I just decided that I was going to let down my guard a little bit. Making room. And I remember just saying, okay, God, I'm yours. And it, guess what? God showed up in a big way just ministered and cared for me because I made room for him. I mean, so, so are you making room? You know, the innkeeper, I mean, maybe, maybe he put up a sign that said no vacancy. Maybe he refused to answer the door. Maybe he was apologetic. I'm sorry, there's no space for you. Maybe he was uncaring. Get out of here. No rooms. Or, perhaps, maybe, just maybe, that innkeeper assessed the situation. He thought, I've got to make room. I've got to do something. I know. I'll put them in the stable. I'll get things cleared out of there so that they can stay there. I mean, it's not great, but it'll get them inside, out of the elements. It's better than sending them on their way. I mean, making room? It would change the whole story, wouldn't it? Instead of the innkeeper missing Christmas, he would have actually celebrated the first Christmas. I mean, maybe... Maybe he was able to share, share that story for years, for the rest of his life. (laughs) I had this young couple. They they came looking for a room. I'd already rented out all the rooms. I had all my family in from out of town. A lot of family, too much family. I almost sent that couple on their way. But when I looked in their eyes, I mean, when I saw the situation, when I looked at her, and she looked so tired, so worn, my heart was moved. And I knew I had to make room. And so I cleared out our stable. I got some people to help me clear it out. Made some room for them. I am so glad I did. I mean, she gave birth in that stable. No, oh, that child, he must have been something. He was special. That night, shepherds, they, they, they came and they said angels had appeared to them, announced his birth. I know, it's hard to believe. But they worshipped him. They said he was the Savior, the Messiah. I'm so glad I made room. Making room, friends. Making room. Making room for our Savior. Making room changes things. It changes your Christmas. And and so it's a simple question today. Are you making room for Jesus this Christmas? 
Are you making room for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Are you making room for the Savior? Maybe even more important question, is he your Savior? I mean, he's mine. And I pray if he is not your Savior, that you would ask him to be your Savior. That this Christmas, you would make room for him. That you would make room for him to be your Savior, to be your Lord, to lead your life. I mean, he came that first Christmas to save us. Emmanuel, God with us. Are you making room for him? I'd invite you, let's just stand for a word of prayer. And um, You know, I pray that um, you make room this Christmas for him. Our holy God, God, I... Um, I pray that we'd all make room for you. Not just this time of the year, but every day. And God, I know there are those here today that have not taken that step. God, I pray your Holy Spirit would just prompt them this morning to just, in their heart, to say, Lord, I, I want you as my Savior. That they'd take that step. They'd make room for you in their life. God, I find myself amazed at the depth of your love, especially reminded this time of the year. You really do pay attention to everything that's going on. You see the hurt, you see the pain, you see the struggles. God, I know there are those today that things are just out of kilter, maybe broken or hurt. God, I pray that uh, you'd make your presence known as we make room for you. You're always making room for us. God, may... May that light just shine through this world. May we be your light in this world. Just as Christ has been a light in our lives. God, we just thank you. We just praise you. We just give you the glory this day as we worship together. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.